Well, our life has definitely changed since the last time we spoke to you. It has. We have officially had our baby. Number one. Yes. (laughs) A little baby boy, Memphis Ari Anderson Griffiths, born on the 5th of September at... 17 past four in the afternoon. Via C-section. Yes. Weighing in at 3.61 kilos and 52 centimetres long or tall. he is just... A little bundle of joy. Yeah, a little scrumptious. Like, you just want to squish his face. He's so bloody cute. He's sleeping currently next to us, so we're trying not to get too loud and excited. But you have to check out the photos. We're pretty biased. He's... um, Pretty damn cute. Pretty much the the most gorgeous kid we've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, welcome to First Time Parents, which is our unedited, unfiltered podcast. That's it. We're going to pretty much give you our little journey and um, updates along the way and give you our take on parenthood and the, our struggles, um, our highs, our lows, and there's definitely no science to it, but we're no. just going to give you our take and uh, whether it's of help to you guys. Because um, there is no bloody handbook and we wish that someone had given us a handbook 10 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> so we just want to share our experience with you. And if you're enjoying it, make sure you subscribe and review. Only review it if it's five stars though. That's it. Um, but basically our deal is we've got to record record this whenever the one person wants to whether we've had a fight and we have had a fight in the last week um but we're going to delve into our first week at home next episode we thought let's go back to the birth the labor the labor and now we understand why it's called labor yeah it's certainly not a holiday it's uh pretty hard going (laughs) it's definitely not a holiday so it all started on the 4th of September. Yeah. Um, we checked in at St. John of God at Subiaco at half three, four o'clock to start the procedure. And that was to get the balloon installed. Yeah. So for an, an induction for the following day. So the balloon. The balloon. Oh, the balloon. I think I handled the balloon pretty well. It's certainly not a balloon-looking device. So I got it. <laughs> it's it's not, not, like, it wasn't a party. It's not, it's not like a big water balloon. <laughs> no, it just it, looks like a rubber straw, like yeah. a, um, a gidgey. And then it slowly, <laughs> it slowly expands in your cervix. So uh, the obstetrician basically, I was going to say shoves it up your vag. But, um, pretty much. I shouldn't say that because I, that might instill fear into he other women it he places there. it up there and then it slowly um inflates and softens your cervix and basically you do that overnight because you need a soft cervix for the baby to arrive so our we ha- we chose to have the induction we were kind of forced because of my gestational diabetes yep. um so they don't let you go over 40 weeks here in australia um i could have probably fought it but we, we, put, we pushed quite far, we feel. Um, yeah, because sometimes doctor, it's like 38 so, yeah, and 39 yeah. weeks. We're a couple of days short of full term of 40 weeks. Because so. my original birth plan was that I wanted natural, no drugs. Um, I did two a, to three hours. <laughs> two bang, to bang, three. Bosh, thanks for coming. I'd done some hypnobirthing. We did that in the lead up, which you should Google it. I'm not forcing you to do it, but I can tell you it definitely helped me through the entire experience, even though I didn't get to hypnobirth the whole time. It definitely made me more relaxed. I was prepared. I did lots of research. I knew all of my options. Yeah, <clears throat> pardon me. And I think the other thing is about it is just getting your head in the right zone and also 
outside of, if you want to call it hoo-ha stuff, but just even getting a good understanding of how pregnancy goes and what options there are, that came with our hypnobirthing classes. So I was very uh, happy that I did it. So I was Mm. much more across the board with what to expect. And uh, if we came across any issues, I had a bit of an understanding as to what the doctor would be talking about. So very informative. I think because we we did that, like we were both pretty relaxed. Like there was a bit of emotion flying around the morning of going in for the induction and then even driving there. I was I couldn't stop crying because I couldn't believe that we were going as two and the next time we'd be in the car, it would be three. three. (laughs) But we were pretty positive when we were there. You know, he put the balloon in. We were laughing, joking. I was watching some housewives. We were chatting to this midwife, Michaela. Shout out and, to Michaela. Yeah, because she ended up being our midwife the next day during labour and we were telling her how we wanted to hypnobirth. She thought that was pretty cool. We then got her the next morning when we woke up. It was nice and early. The nurses woke us up. We didn't have the best sleep, did we? No, well, I was on a shitty couch. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was more like a fold-out chair slash camp chair. Um, what do you call it? Camp bed. Yeah, camp bed, yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty narrow. And then Come on, St. John, you should do better, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a me- mediocre sleep and Heidi obviously did just with the, just the an- well, an- angst and, and, and the balloon up there. And they start, you start having contractions, like tiny little contractions, and that's what an induction is. So I, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Like this is the start. So I was Is that thinking, it? Yeah, is then, that all it is? <laughs> and then the doctor got in at 7.30 and he checked and he was like, brilliant, like you're one to two centimetres dilated. And I was like, you beauty. And he didn't say anything about my cervix softening at that stage. No, that was still quite hard, which, which yeah, it's sometimes that, that's the case and that, that's what it was for us. So I guess from there it was like, right, we'll put you on the drip to start the contractions happening, which will then force the baby down. Oh, to you forgot. Up the cervix. He had to break my walls. Oh, yeah, that's right. Before yeah. the drugs for the contractions, he actually <laughs> has to break my waters, and he did Captain that. Hook, <laughs> with his little hook on his finger. And they have to put their hand up there, and then they find the membranes, and they kind of scrape across the membranes. And I remember him saying that it was pushing the baby's head back up so the waters could get past the head yes. and then out the vagina. So Yeah, I remember that too, babe. Yeah, so there's, um, <laughs> there's a pretty picture if you can think of that. And Michaela at that stage, that's where she started with the hypnobirthing with me. So I was, there was lots of breathing and she was starting to get me into that right place. It wasn't long after that that they put the drugs in. Yeah, on a low to, dose. To start the contractions. And I had the fit ball in there. We'd set the scene. The lights were dim because you that's what you need to do. You need to make that room your own. And that's kind of what we did. Like I had my crystals. I had my salt lamp. And she was kind of getting me in the zone. You were massaging my back. I was thinking, you beauty, these contractions, this is what I was excited about. I was genuinely excited about having contractions and being in labor. And I was like, I'm nailing this. This is so awesome. And they progressively got worse, didn't they? Well, little did you know that Michaela, I'm sure, was on the machine (laughs) just adding a couple extra meals. I liked Michaela till I found this out. Yeah, a couple meals here and there. And then obviously the contractions are getting longer and and stronger. And then we're getting up to about three to four per 10 minutes, which is where they want you to be at, just so that will force the baby down. And they were lasting 45 seconds. So... Now, yeah, the I'm intensity talk- was getting pretty pretty strong at that stage. And I'm talking like I could breathe through them at the start or sitting on the fitball, you were massaging me. 
by the end, I was, by when they were that intense, I was almost vomiting every single one. I was also going to the toilet, wasn't I? And feeling like, and I was having contractions on the toilet because it felt more comfortable in there. Yeah, I suppose there's so many different positions that you will feel more comfortable with. And uh, another thing you did use was the TENS machine to try and take away a bit of that pain, which uh, certainly helped. What did you see from your perspective? Watching you having the contractions was, for me, just so hard to to take because you felt so useless seeing your, your wife, your loved one in such pain and agony. And that that absolutely crushed me uh, a little bit later when really at the peak of the ser- severity of it. Um, yeah, you just feel so useless. And obviously I'm there supportive. I'm doing the massages and that. And there's times that Heidi will want that and other times she'll, sh- she'll shoo me off. So it was hard to also know exactly what she wanted. Because I couldn't really communicate at, the by that stage. Because no, that you was couldn't. what, like four hours in uh, yeah about that i think three and a half four hours and um, and i was thinking god these contractions are so fucking intense <laughs> it must be nearly time. it must be nearly time so i was starting in my head to get pretty excited because i was like this is going to be the birth that i wanted oh my god i've done it without drugs uh, and then the doctor comes back and he does examination yep and i've got to three centimeters two to three centimeters so, so two to three. So it was. I was one, one to two, two before, and then I was two to three. So I've barely fucking moved. Moved one to two centimeters. Oh, but, but my cervix, cervix was right. Fuck that. The cervix was uh, a lot softer, which Michaela she said that's what we want to hear because without that being soft, you're not going to keep dying. Oh, so I was so um, disheartened. It was, you know, from the amount of pain and agony you go through for just hearing a measly one to two centimeters gain, you're like, that's I felt, crap. And I felt disappointed. Like, I felt disappointed. I felt like I failed because they were telling me that his head was still not engaging, our little baby boy, which we didn't know was a boy at that stage. He was still not engaging. He was still not fully moving down. So they were kind of saying, look, this is going to be a long afternoon. And I'm like, what, are you fucking joking? I don't think he said it like that to you. Oh, he was like, you could, he's like, you could be here for Hours. I think he was just sort of saying it in the most subtle way, but maybe not as brutal as that. Well, during that time, you were outside and you had a little breakdown to one of the midwives. And then I think that's when the epidural guy, the anaesthetist, um, Nolan, Nolan, who is an absolute legend, beautiful, beautiful man, he had a bit of a chat to you about an epidural because I, w- I didn't say that I would never have one. I was very open-minded about what could happen because I'd never been in labour before or, you know, birth to child. So, like I said, I was educated on everything. But at that stage, you were kind of like, whoa, there's no end Yeah, <laughs> inside. I, I had a pretty good idea that an epidural was uh, just around the corner. <laughs> and when, when Nolan pulled me aside and said, look, I'm just here to offer my services to you. I want to make sure that you feel comfortable throughout the pregnancy or throughout the, uh, the labour, and just really want to make Sorry, sure just that. Sorry, to get the baby. <laughs> just really want to make sure that your wife's happy and comfortable. She has got a long way to go, so yeah, I'm here, ready to go if need be. But in saying that, he also had uh, another epidural to do and a cesarean to do. So if Heidi missed the gap, she would have had to wait for another hour and a half. So he left it with me to have a chat to Heidi just to see if I can persuade her or just make sure she's happy and comfortable with where she's at. 
So I went in and had a chat and it was quite hard to talk to her because she really wasn't communicating uh, at this stage, oh, particularly in the... Um, I'm back, by the way. I've got the baby in my arms. I think he's going to scream. Particularly <laughs> in between the um, contractions, there was a little bit of chat, but mainly whilst the contractions were on, there was no talking oh, or communicating mate, you try whatsoever. fucking having so. those contractions and try and communicate. And I didn't want to say that I wanted the epidural, but I did. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, so I, was, I, I, I was battling in my brain. I comforted you and said, look, it's not... It's not not about failure or you've let yourself down it's about you being comfortable and that that would be my advice to anyone out there have your plan going in there's nothing wrong with that and be headstrong with that but also do your research and make sure that you can also be accepting to what other options there are out there because at the end of the day you just want to be comfortable and if you are in a world of pain those drugs are there for your help it's not about failure at but- all can I just say I salute every single woman who has gone through childbirth before me because holy moly, especially the ones that have done it naturally. I mean, like there's so many people that have had traumatic birth experiences because of all the things that go on. But I just salute every single woman before me because I had a mixed bag. So I did the whole natural like hypnobirthing. Then I did the epidural and the epidural calmed me a lot. But then, like we said at the very beginning, I actually had to have a C-section. So I had a mixed bag of labor. Like I literally taste tested (laughs) everything. And that was to get the safe arrival of this little guy that's in my arms right now, which ultimately was my only goal when I was in there. And I just trusted the entire process. So with the epidural, why I had to have the C-section in the end, which, like I said, I never wanted a C-section. My mom had two C-sections. I just wanted the beauty of pushing out a baby out my vagina the most natural way. Like that's what I was born to do. And in that moment when we found out that his heartbeat had dropped to 60 continuously with, with, the, contractions. with the contractions when and, and the epidural and stuff, that's when they said he was in fetal distress. And we like we said, we did ask for full like honesty and transparency, transparency and no yeah. bullshit from Michaela and the team. She came in and I remember asking her how his little heartbeat was and she was like, uh, and she kind of um, deterred the question. Like, is that yeah. the word? Deterred? I've got baby brain, by the Deviated way. A De- bit. Yeah. And then she came back and she said, the doctor's on his way. Yeah. Um, I want to be honest with you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we kind of started to look at the option of a cesarean because the doctor said, you continue to do this, but... He's obviously in distress and to get to 60, he's like, we're on the verge of it's not great. And he's like, my job is to get the baby here safely. Yeah. And then so you and I then talked really calmly and I think that's why I feel so good. And I actually don't feel traumatised by the experience is because I made all these decisions. It wasn't a, a rash decision. It wasn't a, a decision mind. you had to make in like and two seconds. We were educated on everything through the process and also by doing all the work that we did beforehand. Yeah. So nothing was kind of like a surprise, I guess. And they just said that there's there's probably something wrong with him, C- could be his cord. And funnily enough, we went in for the C-section and this little and guy was. had the cord wrapped twice around his neck, so he was never going to come. He was never going to come naturally. He was never going to engage because it was kind of like, you know, he'd bounced down there and then pulled, be pulled back. So he was in distress. So the end result was perfect for us looking back now. Um, I mean, hindsight's a beautiful thing, but we are very happy with how it all worked yeah. out. And the decision we decided on the C-section was 
it sounds like it would have been the only decision that we could have made anyway. Yeah, so. which makes me think, yes, I've taste tested labour, but fuck, maybe I should have had a C-section in the beginning. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier. You can book it in <laughs> yeah. in advance, you know, uh, what date, what time. Um, there's no worry or anything. Yeah. But at the same time, um, once again, that's a tool there for you if you need it if things don't go to plan so you've become such a counselor now uh, I just think it's <laughs> it's probably helped me I mean the whole contraction things and me being there dealing with that that certainly really killed me the most and I don't think there's any way to really I don't know prepare yourself because you know you I hope you don't see your partner in pain and agony um, but when you do, it really does rattle you. So the the um, whole the thing I guess that we got out of it the most is that everyone has their own birthing experience, and no one's is ever going to be the same. Everyone's perception of pain is the same. Everyone's perception of what a natural birth is different. Like having a natural birth versus inducted uh, birth, they're, yeah. they're very different from what we understand, and they are a lot more painful when you induce. So. Oh, yeah, mate, there's just, there's I love that so you, 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 I love that you talk, like, there's so much more, I'm like, I know, they were so bad. But you don't know, because you have, <laughs> so yeah, everyone's got their own take on their pain threshold, and um, yeah, you'll figure it out as you go along, but definitely do your research, it's um, but can, important. Can we go back to the um, cesarean for a second? So we went in there, and it was, it was literally like a big production, hey, there was like 10 people in there, they all made you feel really, really calm. Yep. Um, I think the funniest part was when I looked up, when I was there, and they were painting my stomach pink, and I looked up and I could just see my little vagina on the roof. There was a <laughs> reflective there was a material on the roof. And you're like, I can see my badge. Uh, so it, I had a bit of a chuckle. Heidi it, was half, oh, she wasn't out of it, but just no. a little bit, you know, just, the, just well, happy with the drugs she was on. Uh, <laughs> and they ended up um, delivering him at 4.17. And like we said, longest cord and uh, healthiest cord, one of the healthiest cords they've ever seen and wrapped twice around his neck. But seeing him for the very first time, I think, was one of the most glorious moments of my life and the most overwhelming, excited, felt every emotion. Like we just looked at him when his little legs dropped and then we saw the little pain (laughs) and his little face. I just, oh, I get teary just thinking about it now. It's a feeling that you just cannot describe until you've been through that. It's just, you'll never forget it. It's such a beautiful and emotional feeling and, um, yeah, you'll forever forever cherish it really oh. it's um and i miss like him being in the bump like i was so excited to meet him but like i miss him being in the bump and you know in in the whole production or the event of you know the cesarean i think having the support of all the doctors and you and stuff just it it did make the experience beautiful it wasn't traumatizing it was you know no. because the weird thing is like stuff was going on with him which we're going to delve into later in the next podcast because he spent the first three nights in neonates because of his blood sugars because of my gestational diabetes um but whilst you're getting everything going over there and checking with him and stuff and i wasn't able to hold him straight away like whereas that's what i kind of wanted with the natural birth they're sitting there sewing me up and that takes about half an hour. Yeah, that was the biggest part <laughs> of the, the procedure. That was the biggest part of the procedure, <laughs> like putting all your insides back together and then sewing you up. And then you kind of go on your way. They put the baby on your boob and then it's like, all right, good luck, guys. 
On your way. Yeah. yeah. But but not long after that, that is when he was taken down to neonates and basically three nights there and then we got him on the fourth night. So, yeah, that'll be uh, all revealed in our next podcast because that yes. was a bit of a story and uh, also we'll keep you up to date for this uh, last week of being at home. Oh, baby blues are the real deal. Uh, we had officially our first fight. Um, we've been peed on. We've been shat on. Uh, so many Little things. Little man farts happened. like a trooper. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but a massive shout out to all, um, every single one of the staff at the St. John of God Hospital. And then Definitely. also, if you have a chance, we actually had a birth photographer come in and take photos of the birth. So you'll actually see hit this little guy come into the world, come earth for side for the very first <laughs> second. You'll see our reactions and they they are all on our Instagram, uh, which is underscore Heidi Anderson, not ours. We don't have a shared one yet. Um, maybe that will come in time and we have a little family Instagram. Oh dear. <laughs> but if you want to check those photos out, a big shout out to Chelsea from Fliss & Co., and is that it? We're going to wrap it up now. We've been talking a lot. We've got to probably attend to our baby. Is there anything we missed? No, I think that's all for now. Like we... I say, next week's going to be, or well, next podcast going to be all about little, little man being in the world and our first encounter with him. Oh, um, let's just say it's a roller coaster. We're yeah. in love, but holy shit. It's nothing certainly can... no walk in the park, that's for sure. <laughs> nothing... I don't know. Some people paint the picture like it's all bloody rainbows and flowers. Butterflies and... and... But nothing can prepare you for parenthood and no. nothing can prepare you for um, meeting a child for the first time. It's one of the most glorious things that we've ever experienced. And like I said, I've got him in my arms now and he just looks perfection. So if you're loving the podcast, um, make sure you subscribe and please review if you want to chuck us five stars. Our deal is we're going to try and record every single week, no matter what. So you're coming on this ride with us for our very first year as first-time parents. Thanks so much for listening. See you later. Bye.